So maybe we can move on a little bit then to, I guess I you know mentioned this. What is what is Gray's take on hyperliberalism? So this, as I said at the top, I think if you wanted to talk about maybe how liberalism is is decaying, is um, what what comes after liberalism? Because I don't know if if there are many like old school capital O capital S liberals um, left. It seems to me that you have these three sort of um, streams. One being post-liberalism, and I think Gray is a, a post-liberal in the sense that he he thinks that liberalism's time has passed and it's now, um, you know, to take another of his terms, been devolved into into hyperliberalism. But there are people who are like adherents or proponents of hyperliberalism, so those two things can be distinguished. And then the third stream is authoritarian liberalism, to use the term of Mike Wilkinson's or illiberal liberalism, or however exactly you want to want to characterize it. Clearly, Gray is is talking about hyperliberalism. This is what he thinks contemporary um, liberals do, and this is quite an influential um, formulation or quite an influential term. Um, and yeah, I'll just read out what um, this again fairly, but this I think is one of the best bits of the book. So uh, maybe a slightly uh, longer quote here as well, and then we can see if you guys think this is as good as I think it is. You know, maybe you'll just be like, well. This is this is the sort of stuff that that Georgie been saying for a little while, um, but yeah. So Gray writes, the origins of what has come to be called the woke movement are in the decay of liberalism. The movement is most powerful in English speaking countries, tellingly the countries where classical liberalism was strongest. Beyond the Anglosphere in China, the Middle East, India, Africa, and most of continental Europe, it is regarded with indifference, bemusement, or contempt. While its apostles regard it as a universal movement of human emancipation, it is recognised in much of the world as a symptom of Western decline, a hyperbolic version of liberalism in the West professed during the brief period of seeming hegemony after the Cold War. Hyperliberal ideology plays a number of roles. It operates as a rationale for a failing variety of capitalism and a vehicle through which surplus elites struggle to secure a position of power in society. Insofar as it expresses a coherent system of ideas, it is the anti-Western creed of an antinomian intelligentsia that is ineffably Western. Psychologically, it provides an ersatz faith for those who cannot live without the hope of universal salvation inculcated by humanity. So he then goes on to kind of to talk about how it's not uh, cultural Marxism, it's not postmodernism, um, and basically say this is the um, the revolt of the professional bourgeoisie. But um, I just wanted to then, we can kind of talk about some of these names and some of these kind of intellectual um, claims that he makes, but just to kind of wrap this um, quote off, he then says, today, what drives these struggles, i.e. the struggles of quote-unquote wokeness or whatever, what drives these struggles is not just rivalry for power, but insecurity. Surplus elites are waging a war for economic survival in which hyperliberal values are commodified in the labour market. Woke is a career as much as a cult. By advertising their virtues, redundant graduates hope to gain a foothold in, on the crumbling ladder that leads to safety as one of society's guardians. So, yeah. So basically what he's what I think is the best bit about this, just to be very clear, because some of this, you know, we've we've you might have well heard this uh, this track before, or you know this tune well. Um, but to say it's in the decay of liberalism, I think this is why he's an, a useful and interesting thinker to start with, is that he does say everything comes from a decay of of something, or there is something bad at the start, often at the end of an intellectual kind of um, 
development. But yeah, he locates this, he locates hyperliberalism in the decay, essentially the failure of liberalism. And I think a lot of people will not really get that point. They'll say it's a distortion or it's kind of capture by a certain class fraction. But no, I think, um, I think Gray is, I mean, I would say he is correct that the precursor for hyperliberalism is the decay of and, under, and self-undermining of classical liberalism. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I wonder, you know, the stuff about wokeness. We've heard, as you say, we've heard a lot of that before. Um, it's fairly um, accepted, I think, as a as a critique nowadays. You know, um, it kind of is out there anyway. Um, and I, I'm, I don't object to a lot of it, at least as you know, as you present um, Gray's ideas, George. But it does seem. I mean, I wonder whether, like, okay, but so he's done this big grand like edifice of like talking about leviathan and new leviathans you know so transformation you know spanning 500 years uh and then goes like oh yeah this new thing that's like literally just come about for the past you know in earnest in the past decade um this is somehow like an integral part of it and rather than something that's you know bad and um terrible and 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 annoying but like it's not it's not like something central to how states function in my that you know yeah what okay. you mean woke mm. yeah like it's it's like woke will, has come and will go and you know it, the, liberalism's decay is very important wokeness i don't think so much ah yeah i really disagree i'm not sure i Sorry, think i mean it, I th- go yeah go. go on well it was only to say i disagree i mean i think it is i'll you know that um that ad of the um the latina the latina bureaucrat who worked for the cia who gave her, you know, kind of presented her personal pronouns, called herself Latinx. Um, I think she talked about, you know, kind of her all of her background and stuff as to why it was a recruitment ad for the CIA. Um, it's one instance, but it, you know, it convinced me that the I, the decay of liberalism is a bigger thing than woke, but that woke is not, a, is not an ephemeral or insignificant moment within it, and that it is something which is... Um, However, you know, and people might be frustrated and irritated by using this kind of presumptive word, I suppose, in these kinds of discussions. But as a placeholder for all those phenomena, we know what we mean by talking about woke, that it is indeed an important part of uh, public public life in the West. And unfortunately, I think it will continue to be so. So the decay of liberalism is a larger thing, it's true, but um, I think woke is an important part of that. I don't I mean, and from the quote that you said, George, was great, even though nothing in it is, you know, listeners on this podcast will be familiar with all the claims that he makes in that quote that you read out to us, even though it's very well kind of formulated and succinct. But one element, I think yeah, it's not, it's precisely not universal in any meaningful way. I mean, I think that's the thing. He wants to make the claim that this is kind of a reiteration of liberal progressivism and universalism and all of those kind of grand claims. And though woke, I'm not even sure woke is supposed to apply everywhere, but even if it is supposed to be kind of replicated everywhere, it is precisely, I mean, it's precisely not universal, you know? So it's a degraded liberalism for sure. But he wants, it seems like he wants to have it two ways, right? He wants to say on the one hand, that it is liberal, essentially. It's just a kind of uh, the same lib- progressive liberal universalism at the same time as saying that it's kind of decayed and, um, you know, decayed and broken down. Yeah. And you 
can't have it both ways, it seems to me. If it's decayed and broken down, then it clearly isn't the kind of the heroic universal liberalism that you might look to in centuries past and, you know, give kind of, you know, give your admiration for. It's something else. Well, hello, listener. I hope you like what you're hearing. It's a short excerpt from an episode that's available only to subscribers. Want to support BungaCast and get at least two original episodes a month? Sign up at patreon.com slash BungaCast right now. $5 a month patrons get access to exclusive episodes like our in-depth analyses of present history. You know, the big stuff that's happening right now. As well as chats with our regular guests, extended interviews with the key thinkers trying to understand our world today, and much more. For $10 a month, you join the BungaCast Reading Club the place for those of us who are serious about equipping ourselves with the necessary intellectual tools for understanding the world and seeking to change it. Phil, George, and myself, Alex, look forward to seeing you there. Patreon.com slash BungaCast.